0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. This is like our fourth time trying to do this with Aaron Titus. He's a really cool guy. We've had lively conversations. We didn't record conversations. We recorded some conversations. So we're going to put it all together right now. (laughs) This is our fifth go, I think. Fourth or fifth go. He's a really cool guy just to set up the stage before he gets on here. Crisis Cleanup is just an amazing application. He's, He's walking through all these... Um, disasters and tracking over a billion dollars in um, uh, in debris, I believe, and all these missions. And he can really talk to the the, the outside of that, uh, outs, um, all the competencies to that. But really what we were also talking about off, offline was the ability to think and work with teams and um, his aptly named term UnMarkets and how emergency management's an UnMarket. He also has a prep talk on FEMA and so if you want to learn more about him, I'm just sending this all up because he's a really great guy with really cool experiences. He's a self-proclaimed not emergency manager who works with emergency managers. I like him a lot. Aaron, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much for uh, not kicking me out uh, too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
0: I I think it's um I think it's important to to recognize that we work with other people, we integrate with other people that have different perspectives, understandings that can help us improve as a field as emergency managers
1: well and, disasters and disaster that's what disasters do they force the community together sometimes very painfully uh, mm. but they make us we're all used to working in our silos um, and we do that most of the time and disasters make us come together
0: that's right um, you have this whole thing about the way you look at the whole community and um you know just to set the stage again emergency managers historically look at some more of the major organizations and call that the whole community. But you have this great perspective of you know, what a whole community truly is and maybe some other groups that are not being included in that. So tell us about the whole community. What does the whole community mean to you?
1: Well, I kind of take the, the term on face value. When we're talking about the whole community, it's not ever one thing. It, it's a whole community's um, and communities define themselves. I think that's the, the, maybe the main point about community that we need to just understand is that communities define themselves. They organize themselves and you and I are all part of many communities. We're a part of maybe faith communities, mm-hmm. uh, geographic communities, neighborhoods, clubs, uh, you might be a part of the PTO each one of these or a, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, a community defined by you know race or or culture mm. and and each one of these communities already exists and 364 days out of the year they help one another they help themselves and where we run into problems is when the disaster happens they don't stop doing their thing they continue to help themselves just like they do 364 days out of the year it's just because we don't have those pre-existing relationships and interactions. And I would argue even a framework, a, a way to think about mm. how to interact with one another. Um, when, when disasters force us all together, it can be pretty painful because we're essentially speaking different languages. The, our, our, in, in all, I interact a lot with the government side of emergency management. Um, communities don't speak the same language that government does. Um, and that's, you know, that's what my real focus is on.
0: There's, um, I mean, even in a single organization, you'll have, if you look at, if you, if I go to an organization, I say IT says the same thing as maybe the marketing team, people would laugh at me. They're like, of course they speak different languages. Of course they have different approaches And so, if we can recognize that even within an organization, of course, you know, in a geographic region, you're going to have so many micro communities. And um, I I like the idea of different languages. You can be saying the same words, but mean different things. I I often felt like, as a guy with an operational background, when I got into GIS, I was doing this, this like middleman pool of like, they were operations and GIS were saying the exact same thing, and they meant, were, they were worlds apart of what they want and there was always frustration I'm like no 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 this is what they meant no this is what they meant like we had one ops guy who was like can you make it a half a shade lighter and the gis guy was like what's a half a shade that's not even a thing and they started going <laughs> "I'm like it means that he can't read it oh They're like can you make it easier to 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 look at oh okay and so like just even using that as an example it obviously has to be highlighted at, a, at a, in a disaster where, as an emergency manager, I'm going in often into communities that I don't work with, especially if I deploy, and applying my principles that might it not not might be best for their culture, right? So I think it's a great call out to, to remind us of that.
1: Yeah, and you know, even the um, uh, you know we, again earlier we talked about this in one of the uh, un- unrecorded discussions. <laughs> um, yeah too often our formal frameworks either impose or at least imply a hierarchy, a mission. Um, And hierarchical systems are actually quite good at organizing resources uh, and focusing them on a mission. But what if there isn't a mission? What if there are many missions? What if every community, micro-community, to adopt your term, has uh, has a mission or a series of missions that sometimes conflict, but they're all important. Um, they all genuinely have a place at the table. We don't have a framework like any any existing hierarchical or uh, you know, ICS. I'll pick on ICS, right? Um, but any any existing system is not going to be able to adopt more than one mission. We always talk about the mission. There's never the mission. There are always missions.
0: Yeah, I think what's most important for, for my understanding is to walk into uh, a disaster more morally in the planning, planning process and determine the courses of action and the tasks that would allow people to be successful. But before we get into to that, into the deeper side, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors right now. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's Disaster Tough endorsements. This show is owned and operated by professional emergency managers at Doberman Emergency Management. We apply disaster tough logic by protecting life, property, and business continuity through planning, mitigation, and training. Check us out at DobermanEMG.com or click on the show notes. Radio Com's just got a major breakthrough with the L3Harris XL Extreme 400P. It's the newest and toughest radio out there. Built by their space and tactical teams, the XL Extreme Series can take a beating. 1700 degree blast of heat, repeated three meter drops, rain, salt water, you name it, the XL Extreme Series by L3 Harris can take it. Visit l3harris.com to schedule your demo today. The battle to monitor and contain COVID 19 just got exponentially better for us. We are officially introducing an electronic reusable, yes, reusable COVID 19 test through our sponsors. It's called the COVID Plus Test, created by Tiger Tech, distributed by FS Global. This is the first FDA authorized rapid, non invasive pre screener. It's extremely easy to use. Forget those one time use swabs. This is a disaster tough technology. For more information on the COVID plus test, check out our show notes. Okay, let's jump back in. So when we're talking about communities, really we're talking about is relationships and working through the relationship building process to impact or support those micro communities, even when you have the larger goals of life-saving, life-sustaining, and those priorities and again this is referencing things that people are not going to know about which is unfortunate for everybody but aaron walk us through like team dynamics and the collaboration aperture for us Um, you had this really great breakdown uh, and maybe we can even share it on social media of what that looks like what that means for emergency managers how can we improve in terms of our relationships with those people
1: so I was doing a presentation at uh, FEMA Region 8 and discussing some of the real challenging dynamics that voluntary organizations have with uh, emergency managers in the field. And, you know, not every emergency manager, but certainly many. Um, and as I was explaining these these things to, uh, to the one of the directors who was a former state uh, emergency manager, she looked at me in disbelief and said, like, there's no way any of my guys are like that, you know, no way any of my guys are jerks on the, in the field. And I realized at that moment, like, well, of course not, there's, you wouldn't be in a position to even know it or see it. Mm-hmm. And so this, this kind of led to a, a model where, imagine a quadrant system where you have on the vertical axis, the y-axis, you have power. So maximum power at the top, minimum power at the bottom, and uh, in relationship to someone else. And then on the x-axis, the horizontal axis, on the right side, you have a high chance for gain. And on the left, you have a high chance for loss. So in a situation like what you would do is you place two dots somewhere on that in those quadrants, showing the relationship between two individuals at a given time. So I'll give you a a good example. Um, My 15-year-old daughter, I want her to clean her room. Uh, she doesn't want to clean her room, so the first question is, what is my power in relationship to my daughter? Well, I have I have higher power than she does, and she has lower power. So I'd be up on the y-axis, and she'd be down on the y-axis. Mm. And then in that transaction where I'm asking her to clean her room, I have a higher chance for gain. I get so I want there's something that I want from her. I want her to clean her room. She has a higher chance for loss, which means that I would move a little bit to the right a high chance or gain, and she would move a little bit to the left. And so there would be this, you know, kind of symmetry um, in that relationship. Now, at the corners, so what what this diagram illustrates is it uh, answers the question, what what dynamic, what uh, uh, strategy should each of us use to be most likely to get what we want? And up in the top right, you might have something like dominance. And if I'm, if I'm dominant and I kind of force her to do what I want, I'm more likely to get what I want. And if she engages in avoidance, uh, she's more likely to get what, I, what she wants. Now, there's, what I'd like you to do is imagine a dotted line between those two points, between the, the two individuals in that particular transaction. And that dotted line represents the strength of the, uh, of the relationship between the two. Imagine that as a rubber band and the thicker the rubber band, the more, the closer it brings us together. Mm-hmm. In the center, we have what's called the collaboration aperture. And that's the, the area where both of us are now incentivized to collaborate. Now in the BOAD space, during peacetime, we have these great collegiate, wonderful relationships with our emergency manager counterparts. Why? Because Neither of us is in charge of the other. We have no, there's, you know, there's not. A huge, right, yeah. There's yeah. not a huge, there's no power dynamic difference, and yeah. there's no chance of gain or loss or anything like that. However, as soon as the disaster happens, we both kind of cross that aperture, collaboration aperture, cross the Jekyll Hyde line, what I call it, into the competition space, and that pushes emergency management. that would now has more power and a higher chance of gain because they want something from us. We have lower power, but we also have a chance for gain, right? We want something from them too. We, we Mm -hmm. want you to get behind the line or whatever. And that pushes emergency management towards bullying and it pushes, pushes relief organizations towards passive aggression. We are the Kings of passive aggression in the nonprofit and the voad space. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you, it sounds like you're, you, you, uh, sometimes, uh, metaphorically, you're trying to take a two by four and uh, having to to cross this across the head. But um, I think uh, we've determined the other day that you um, you use too many two by fours to cross somebody across the head, and uh, you won't have enough wood to build a bridge. I That's said right. that so much better the other day when we were talking. But the <laughs> the, the idea applies that dominance, sure, dominance. Um, in a high-stress environment is normal. You know, uh, my famous story or one of my one of my favorite stories is, uh, you know, a general coming over and yelling at me trying to get something to do, but because of Stafford Act, I was in charge, and so we had this whole thing. And then that night, we were laughing at dinner and having a good time, and we actually collaborated much better because we both thought, thought we were the dominant, and yes, in response... I probably had more but in in any other time of my life that guy would have taken me out in a millisecond. So it's a, yeah. it's just a, it's a weird a, a disaster is not normal. Mm-hmm. And so like you you're now dealing with high stress, high priority situations and people forget sometimes the 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 ability to persuade the ability to persuade is incredibly important because it's unnatural. It's in an unnatural environment, and if, you could probably get a lot more with honey than um, with vinegar. But people people feel like they don't have time. They just go all logic, and and that's sometimes not great.
1: Yeah, and you know, by the the point of the model is really to highlight the fact that it's not about whether we're all in this together or we're all there for the right reason or we're all good people. I'm just going to assume that Mm. I'm going to assume that every single person, every emergency manager, every volunteer, every relief organization, every agency head, every, everybody, right? Everybody is there because they want to help people. Mm. The point is to illustrate that, that the situations that we're in the power dynamics and the chances for, for loss or gain take us Unnaturally out of the collaboration space that we would all we would all prefer to be in, mm-hmm. and and make it easy for us to engage in begging, political maneuvering, lying or cheating, having an entitlement mentality down in that bottom right quadrant, or there's that two by four problem, again, yeah, <laughs> disdaining <laughs> you know indifference and siloing up in that top right quadrant. Um, mm-hmm. That is the natural that that's where it takes us. Now you don't have to be there, but the point is that. Getting out of that space and back to collaboration requires a lot of energy. And it actually requires you to willingly cede power and a chance for gain that you might otherwise have, which does not come naturally. It, it, collaboration is objectively expensive, it is so hard. So it takes so much energy to take into account somebody else's perspective and work it into what you do. And during a disaster, we all have extraordinarily limited energy and extraordinarily limited time. And so it becomes extra hard, which is why relationships, I think, John, to your point, are absolutely so important.
0: Well, we're going to continue this relationship because we're already running out of time here. And we've already done this three or four times. So we're going to make this a multi... Uh, multi uh, episode series, if you will, thinking deep about relationships. The the unmarket again. I want to get to this, but we're not going to get to today. Somebody should look up um, your prep talk and and maybe uh, start to do some research on their own there. But I want to get you to come back on the show and talk about how again emergency management is unnatural. It is an unmarket, and uh, you know, using your terminology there. Um, hopefully, we're. Uh, we're preluding um, a future episode here, but um, even this, thinking about the relationship of emergency manager with their counterparts and that quadrant of how we can coordinate better, how how we can think about dominance versus you know our level of power, max power or limited power, and changing the way that we work with our communities to use their strengths to be able to get what we want versus trying to plow through of what we have been trained to know what's best, maybe in our limited perspective, and so um, this and, is like a this is a great starting
1: the, conversation for that. And in the process, allow the communities that you work with to get what they want as well. It isn't just about what the mission is about; it's about what their missions are as well.
0: Yeah, and they might have different priorities. I, essentially, ours breaks down to the most rudimentary level of life-saving, life-sustaining. But how it is sustained, how they move with their life, what what are they not okay with, not just okay with, but how are they achieving happiness, which is important for psychological and emotional recovery from a disaster anyway. So it, it's just a smart move to think about other people's perspectives. Again, I really want to thank you for coming on the show, for doing this with me so many times. I'm finally actually recording with me for an episode um, what we're going to have, uh, just for our audience sake, we're going to have Aaron come back on here in uh, soon and talk about unmarkets markets and talk more about, uh, crisis cleanup and, and what it can do for other people. Again, he's doing some really great things in the field. If you know about Aaron's background, or if you have questions about this conversation today, send us a question on one of our social media channels at disaster tough podcast, tag him tag crisis cleanup, ask us a question. If you have a question for him great we can bring him back on the show when we talk about unmarkets markets and crisis cleanup then maybe we can answer that on the show even better so again thanks aaron for coming on the show and we'll see you next week